0: hello everyone and welcome to the talk music podcast where we chat everything and anything related to the world of music and occasionally focus on topics a little bit unrelated my name is scott kelly i am a drummer turned comedy singer songwriter and apparently now a podcaster You're going to hear me chat to many different people, but more often than not, it will be fellow musicians having conversations about their careers and lives within, arguably the greatest art form in the world. And you get this for free each and every week on scottcowey.com, on Stitcher Radio, and now on iTunes. So please rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, let them know what's going on over here. But for now, enjoy the show. Guest this week in the podcast Miss Rhonda Smith The absolutely amazing bass player She spent 13 years with Prince And now she's with Jeff Beck Touring the world And I've got to say It's an absolute honour to speak with her Because she's actually on tour at the moment with Jeff Beck I emailed Rhonda And here's a story for everybody, okay As it turns out The morning that I emailed her and she emailed back saying, Scott, thanks very much for the opportunity. That was her line. Thanks very much for the opportunity to be on the podcast. I didn't know this till later on, but she'd played the Royal Albert Hall the night before. And she's emailing me saying thanks for the opportunity. That shows you the class and the professionalism that Rhonda Smith has and has had for years and years and years. And it's somebody that we all respect within the industry. I'm joined right now, Mr. Rory Doherty, who's in the band Colours to Shame. Fantastic guitar player. How's it going, Rory? Uh,
1: very good, thanks. Thanks for having
0: me. How's the band going?
1: Yeah, good. Um, we've had quite an active end to 2013 and the start of 2014. Uh, we're on tour in March with uh, our friends uh, The Colour Line, who are a band from England. A quite noisy math rock band. Um, math rock? Math rock, yes.
0: As, as you probably realise, I don't. I'm not a rocker. I don't I don't look like a, a rocker and I definitely I, I don't I don't know anything
1: about the genre that you guys perform in. Um how would you describe your band? Um we we we're, we're pretty much kind of there's no point in overcomplicating it. We're we're metal but it's kind of got like proggy edges and um again some kind of math elements which for those who don't know what kind of math stuff is it's kind of more like odd time signatures and odd meters and stuff just makes it keeps it interesting you know
0: tell us about the members of the band
1: um well i do the vocals and guitar Um i started off just doing guitar and we had a vocalist but things didn't work out you, and you're the you're the
0: lead singer then
1: i'm the lead singer and, and things and lead guitars things
0: <laughs> things didn't work out with the singer so in other words you've politicked and maneuvered yourself out front It
1: was like a mutiny. <laughs> <laughs> Rory's
0: managed to find a way. He was always the one who would just manipulate situations to try and, you know, just do things for the betterment of himself and no one else, and it's a good chance in this public setting to um, to air
1: that, role. It, it was a democratic vote. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you guys got a single
0: coming up? Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, we've got a single coming out, and it could have uh, a B-side on it, and... Um, possibly a really cool remix we don't know if the remix is going to be ready um in time to release with the single but it's definitely going to be ready sometime this summer and that's by a pretty notable um kind of metal dj i almost don't want to give too much away um so yeah that'll be some three cool tracks coming out and um, probably all digital releases on bandcamp and spotify and itunes etc etc so yeah Keep an eye on the, the Facebook page, Colours to Shame, um, and keep you guys up to date.
0: Sounds very exciting indeed. B-sides these days, I'm intrigued to to see how all that develops. Now, obviously, like I said, we've got Rhonda Smith on the podcast today. I know you're a massive fan of Jeff Beck, that's just yeah, why you're absolutely. here. You've been listening to the podcast, what's your thoughts on Rhonda Smith?
1: I mean, Rhonda Smith, she's quite, well, quite simply legendary. I mean, you don't play with Prince for 13 years and not become a legend. And then um, from what you've been saying about <coughs> Rhonda contacting you and whatnot, it's just proof how you how you get to that level in the game. You just the nice people just seem to get to the top, which is how you do expert networking. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, see. you know, and um, if we listen to the interview obviously we've already recorded it, but Rhonda just has got so much class. Um, both as a player and as a person too. Uh, Great feedback from our podcast last week with Thomas Lang A lot of people have been emailing in Um, That was a a great interview The week prior to that we had Nick West Who currently plays bass with Prince Obviously Rhonda's now with Jeff Beck Um, I was emailing her back and forth Telling her that Rhonda was going to be on the podcast And I was telling her that story as well And um, a shout out to Nick West too Because she's a big fan And um, excited to hear what Rhonda's got to say about her career So let's get right down to it It's going to be a good one I am back on the Talk Music Podcast with Rhonda Smith. How are you, Rhonda?
2: I am fantastic. Thank you for having me on this beautiful, sunny day in Manchester. Well,
0: that's what we're just going to talk about. Currently, obviously, you're in the UK as part of the Jeff Beck tour. How's it all going?
2: It's going fantastic. What a great bunch of mates to travel with and just play music with. Couldn't be any better.
0: I am I'm thinking right in saying the Royal Albert Hall was two nights ago.
2: It was, yes. If I remember correctly, it could have been three.
0: (laughs) This is your day off. Very hectic schedule. Big European tour. What dates are you looking forward to coming up?
2: You know what? All of them. I just, I love playing England and I love Europe. So, and we're ending in Prague on this leg. So that's always beautiful.
0: Well, next time we'll definitely need to make sure we can get you guys up to Scotland because it'll be an absolute blast to have you.
2: I haven't played in Scotland for quite some time, so it would definitely be amazing. I think Glasgow was the last time.
0: Excellent. Now, for years and years, um, well, going back a long time ago now, your brother brings home a bass and tells you that under no circumstance that you can play it. Can you talk us through this Rhonda? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah, I was very competitive at that age with my brother, and um, he's 15 months older than me, and I just actually, he lives in England, so I get to torment him constantly about that. We just talked about that the other day, ironically. I think I was 12, he was 13. And um, I was more into everything that he was doing. I have an older sister, but she was playing clarinet, so that wasn't, I guess that wasn't sexy enough to me, even though I wasn't thinking sexy at 12, but it wasn't interesting enough for me at that age. So he brought this really cool bass home one day from school. He decided that he wanted to play that. As all of my brothers and sisters play, I have an older brother too who plays trombone, but that really wasn't something that I wanted to do. So um, when my brother brought that bass home, that was it. I just just fell in love with that thing, and we, we still joke and laugh about it to this day.
0: Now, what bass players inspired you early doors?
2: i say early on you know i grew up in canada and we didn't have a lot of funk music at that time we didn't have so much r&b at that time so it was it was more of a rock fusiony type of thing and and surprisingly enough when i lived in montreal which is which is great they had a very large jazz and fusion influence so i'd say at that time when I was starting, the bass players that influenced me would have been more along the lines of, of Getty Lee, believe it or not, um, Chris Squire. Uh, i definitely say Stanley Clark was in that bunch. Uh, Jaco Pastorius, uh, a lot, somewhere along those lines. Larry Graham much, much later. I came to, more came to America later when I, I found out about Larry Graham and just fell in love with his technique and his sound. Obviously, who wouldn't?
0: Excellent, now a lot of influences there, a lot of those bass players very, very funky influence. Now it's very difficult to describe I think uh, the the genre of funk, particularly what a a drummer and bass player are doing. If you had to describe to someone um, funk bass playing, what would that be? And of course you can answer this verbally or indeed via bass.
2: Well, you know, I like to go to the analogy that I heard that was perfect for me, you know, my many years of playing with, with Prince in, in, in a funk band, in a, in a funk collection. And it would be kind of like if we had if we had five members in the group, the fifth member would be silence. So my thing with explaining funk is actually less is more. The space is what really makes it have its way, be what it is. If you can understand what I'm saying, but definitely it is a lock between the bass and the drums. It starts with that. But it's it's just not about over overdoing anything. It's really more about space. The funkiest stuff that I've heard is stuff that has space in it mm-hmm. to breathe.
0: That's really, really interesting. Do you think that's a common mistake, having taught a lot of seminars and workshops all over the world? Is that a common um, trait in, in young musicians to kind of make that mistake of overplaying, do you think?
2: Oh, probably in young musicians, yeah, because, you know, we, we get excited. We want to we wanna show what we can do and, yeah, more than likely the first mistake of, of, of younger players is probably playing too much.
0: Now, you mentioned they're working with Prince for so many years. Let's go back about, um, to how you got that gig. How did that all come about, Rhonda?
2: That came about from a really great friend of mine, Sheila E., who at that time, and now we're going back to 1996, you know, I worked with Prince ongoing for 13 years, up to the last time I played with him was um, for the year of 2009, and then in 2010, I, I went with Jeff Beck from then on. So I met Sheila probably 1995, 1996, at um, a Nam show with my friend Kat Dyson. And we later on went to the Music Mesa in Germany when we were endorsing a company called Godan, who makes great guitars and basses. And there were very few uh, women musicians at the Music Mesa, so we kind of of sought each other out again. And, And Kat and myself were doing demonstrations in a booth and I think Sheila was doing the same thing for another company. So we kind of got together again, hung out a little bit. And and at that time, she was going to be um, putting a new band together for Prince. And she was going to be the band leader. Prince has always, you know, always been open and always been okay with having women in his band. So um, we gave her our package. She liked it, listened to the music, and she passed it on to him. And... Um, several months later I got a call from him but the only unfortunate thing about it is that Sheila E did not end up doing that project
0: I'm really glad that you brought up the name Sheila E I am a massive fan how highly do you rate her in the drums she's fantastic isn't she
2: she is amazing she's an amazing person she's an amazing talent she's just all that you think she is she is that and a bag of chips (laughs)
0: <laughs> that and a bag of chips. Now what do you look for in a drummer? On the subject of drummers, of course. Um having played with so many great players over the years, what are the essential ingredients that you're after when you're looking for a drummer? Great drummer?
2: The ins- the essential ingredients is number one is tempo. I I detest drummers who slow down or speed up constantly. That's that's a that's a problem for me to be able to play because I like to be able to concentrate and, and and not have to worry about the tempo. Um, It's also nice to have someone who listens to you. Not all drummers listen to the bass player or other musicians that they listen to. Some drummers just listen to themselves and some drummers just listen to the main artist and they play off of them. So, And you can usually figure that out pretty quickly Listening to some, what someone's playing What the drummer's playing So those are the two main things for me Someone who listens And not just listens to themselves And someone who has a great tempo, of course
0: Tempo is absolutely key No doubt about it Hang on a second there, Rhonda We are just going to advertise some of our previous episodes, previous episodes. Previous Tons of great
1: previous episodes, episodes for you to check out At scottcowey.com previous Episode 1 Glenn Matlock from The Sex Pistols Episode 2 Huey Morgan from The Fun Loving Criminals 3 Sandy Tom 4 Brian Ray from Paul McCartney's Band 5 Orianthe 6 Bob Jacobs Head Spokesman from NASA 7 Dr. Phil Towie Metallica's Therapist 8 Graeme Clark and Graeme Duffin from Wet 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 9 Andy McKee 10 Steve Craddock from Ocean Colour Scene 11 Cliff Goldmacher 12 Steve White of Oasis, The Who, and Paul Weller. Thirteen, Martin Taylor, MBE. Fourteen, Stuart Copeland. Fifteen, Dweezil Zappa. Sixteen, Martin Harley. Seventeen, Gillian Lennon. Eighteen, Carol Kay. Nineteen, Tommy Emmanuel. Twenty, Kaki King. Twenty-one, John Gong Twenty-two, Nick West. Twenty-three, Thomas Lang. And in this episode, we have the incredible Rhonda Smith all episodes available at scottcowey.com iTunes and of course Stitcher Radio that's
0: a cool app you can download on your iPhone, iPad etc check them all out, spread the word tell a friend, let them know what's going on over here and if you can subscribe on iTunes and give us 5 stars what drummers uh, on this subject have you not had the chance to perform with yet that you look at and think one day I hope to jam with you, is there any that spring to mind? Oh, there's too many. There's too many to mention. There's far too many to list. Well, I'll tell you what, we mentioned Prince earlier, and obviously we're we're on the subject of you just getting that gig. Now, many of us, uh, or most of us, that have never had a chance to to meet the man, we've heard stories over the years, but what's he like generally to work with? And secondly, what do you think you learned from him?
2: (laughs) You know, he is a very, very, very smart man. He's a very, very smart businessman. He's an excellent musician and a multi-instrumentalist. So he is very, very aware of what's around him, who's playing what, and what he's hearing constantly. So this, in a sense, uh, makes him very demanding, but for good reason. I'm not saying that he's overly demanding because he gets a great result, but he's very demanding. He expects a lot from who's there. He doesn't like mistakes. Um, he he expects perfection in, uh, in a world where perfection doesn't exist from his musicians. So it's, uh, it, it can be a little difficult at times because no one's perfect. Um, but I have learned so much from him from business to music that it's just a a super super scope and you know part of being his bass player if you don't have it already aside from learning a vast um, library of his music you know 150 to 300 songs you need to you need to know is being able to cop I will say and duplicate his technique style and sound because he is and has been the bass player on the majority of his prolific records. So you have to be able to have his sound and you have to be able to play that bass the way that he would play it in the feel and the style that he feels. So um, that is a wonderful challenge. And also being around him, you know, to be able to be influenced by the music that he likes and the other artists that he listens to. and I mean, it's just music 24-7. It was like, I used to compare it. I wouldn't say it was like going to the army. I would say I spent 13 years in the special forces, you know, a little little bit of a higher echelon, you know, the secret service kind of thing, you know, it, it, definitely extra, extra training.
0: It's fascinating because, like I said, we, you hear so many stories over the years, and I think everybody generally is fascinated by Prince and, and the music and, and everything about um, everything that he's going on over the years. Now, so what happened then? You gave your press kit. Were you given the gig immediately? Did you have to audition with him? What was the process like?
2: The process was um, they invited me to go to Paisley Park. Uh, which is his, his home and his, his recording studio and his, his everything, uh, his rehearsal studios and his main base in Minneapolis. They flew me down there for three days. I didn't know what to expect, and uh, what ended up happening was I just played with the drummer, which was uh, Kirk Johnson at the time, which was the drummer for when we started the Emancipation Tours, when we started those projects and prints and basically it was the three of us we just played and jammed for two days a couple of days hung out a little bit and the best part for me at, at that time i was listening to a lot of i was hearing a lot of records that had uh, keyboard let's say fake fake fretless i was never really a a fan of uh, keyboard fretless samples for bass, because I'm a fretless player, so I love I love the sound of the instrument. But at that time, during the mid-90s, there were a lot of, of songs, a lot of popular songs, some out of England too, that had fretless, but they weren't real fretless. And so I decided at that time that I was going to come down and bring a couple of different instruments to play with him and see if he would dig that. So I brought my fretless with me and some other things, and it actually turned out uh, quite well because obviously I got the gig. but. The greatest part about it is probably the second day that I was down there, he was finishing. He was just finishing the Emancipation record, the triple CD. And he asked me if I would like to play on two of the songs. And of course, I was like, man, I didn't even know I had the gig at that point. So I thought when I went home after that, I thought and I didn't know I had the gig to probably a month after that, that I went home. That was that was the craziest part about it. But I thought so. Well, I guess the least common denominator was, you know, I got to play on Prince's record, which is great. But um, I got to play Fretless on both songs. That's the irony of it. Of um, He did a cover of uh, Bonnie Raitt. I can't make you love me. So I played Fretless on that one. And then the song that I love, you know, for life was uh, Dreaming About You. He let me play that and do a bass solo on it with Fretless. So I was like, wow, life can't get any better.
0: (laughs) If you can, please uh, play us some of those funky bass lines, some of your favourites from Prince over the years, if you can give us a little demonstration.
2: (laughs) The best one is this, I hope my bass is in tune. And, of course,
0: this one. You know that one. Yeah, it's great. It's really, (laughs) really good. That must have been such a thrill getting to play with him throughout the years. Now, one of my favourite YouTube clips, you're actually involved in it, is you on stage with Jeff Beck tearing it up at the White House. What are your memories of that show?
2: Wow, that was amazing we got to meet President Obama it was really crazy because we went there and I believe it was it was a holiday the day before we got there when we had a rehearsal in the White House it was President's Day and we had a uh, thirty thirty minute 40 minute sound check and in walks President Obama in some slacks and a sweater no security with him nothing in this tiny room that maybe holds, I don't know, 100 people, 150 people. And he was just a fly on the wall he, because he's a big Jeff Beck fan. So he just he just heard him, and he just wanted to come down and just check it out. So it was really great. He was really personable and came up and met him, asked him a couple of questions. It was really nice. And then the next day, I met him and his wife again, who was just, just just beautiful. So, I mean, that was a great experience, and what a fantastic lineup of artists that were on that bill. It was really, really a memorable concert and I was very, very pleased and honoured that Jeff asked me to do that with him.
0: Now, you touched on this earlier, um, getting the gig with Jeff Beck. What year was that and and how did that come to fruition?
2: That was in 2010. And, you know, I was still kind of doing some stuff with Prince. That was the only drag about it. Prince, we, we took a break for some time, a little bit of time. I didn't know what was going on with him and... You know, I got the offer to do this, and I I kind of wanted to make to make a change. Um, actually, Jeff's management called me in 2010 when I was actually doing a tour uh, with an artist called Catherine McPhee. We were on a tour doing daytime uh, TV shows for her new record uh, throughout New York and throughout LA. And uh, I got the call it was something that I wanted to do. I didn't know how long they were going to go out for, but what they initially wanted me to do was the double bill tour with uh, Eric Clapton, which I thought, well, that would be just absolutely fantastic. And um, so it was actually Nerada Michael Walden, the drummer, who actually recommended me for the gig. Ironically enough, because we had never played before, so I am always, I am always thankful to Nerada, who's an absolutely wonderful, wonderful pearl of a guy. Um, for, for letting that happen. But um, I went down, uh, brought my rig in, center staging. We went and, and, and played a little bit. And, of course, when I was on the road, I learned Jeff's entire show. All I had was the Ronnie Scott's um, tape. So I learned everything on Ronnie Scott's, the entire thing, in a hotel room in New York when I was doing morning TV to the Today Show and everything else at 3, 4... 4- O'clock in the morning. I learned uh, in a matter of days, and when I went back to to L.A., uh, that's when we jammed. And uh, they seemed cool. That again, I brought my fretless, my acoustic. tried to bring a lot of you know different things to bring some some variety. And we just got really busy. Jeff started off with, I mean, right away in January. A couple of days after we were done from winning, I think three or three to five Grammys right off right off the bat. We did the Grammys for him, and then we went. Right, Out immediately with the Eric Clapton uh, Jeff Beck tour and then from there we just toured for another um, year and a half we were just incredibly busy um, up until the end of 2011 it was a bit of a shame because at that time uh, Prince had called me back twice in 2010 but I I couldn't do both and I couldn't um, I couldn't tell Jeff that um, I was leaving because it wasn't fair in the middle of a tour.
0: Well, I suppose Rhonda, that's every musician's dream to be in a situation where you've got that kind of problem. You've got you're playing with Jeff Beck, and you've got Prince calling you. That that's a decent situation to be in, eh?
2: Well, it's great, but you know, you know, Scott, we are professional jugglers as musicians too. You know, we we are always constantly juggling and hoping that we make the right decisions. You know.
0: So it's, it's definitely worked out really, really well for you. Absolutely. Now, I thought I, I, I kind of had an idea of everybody that you've played with, but have a look into it. There's some names here that I, I had no idea of people that you've, you've recorded and performed with. Little Richard. Um, I've seen that on your website. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, Little Richard. I did a stint um, quite a number of years ago. I think that was in 1999, actually, again, or, or 2000, when we took a break. Um, from from playing with Prince Uh, I moved from Minneapolis because I initially lived there before for three years I moved in 1999 to uh, LA and I started to work for a year and a half on a television show for CBS called the Martin Short Show and he's a Canadian uh, comedian who I happen to think is incredibly funny and Little Richard was a guest on his show So that is where I had my introduction with little Richard. We played behind him. We played with him and he was just, he was just great.
0: Fantastic. Well, listen, what else have you coming up as well as obviously this European tour with Jeff Beck? Have you any other projects in the pipeline, Rhonda?
2: I'm actually working on a new base book right now for Alfred publishing, which we're hoping to have up by the end of the year. And, uh, you know, God willing, get my, um, get my little homework in on the road a lot of writing to do on the road so trying to make time for it but it has a little bit of beginner stuff some medium and some and and some some and some advanced bass working techniques also in it and a little stuff that's that's custom to me so hoping that the bass players are going to love it and hope hopefully that'll be out for next year
0: Excellent well listen we we'll look forward to it And we'll be sure to, to add all the details On the websites that we've got And um, promote the forthcoming tour too And it's been an absolute pleasure having you on Rhonda
2: Thank you Scott It's been an absolute pleasure of you guys having me Thank you very much and I hope to see you at a show Near you very soon
0: Absolutely brilliant interview there with Rhonda Smith We thank Rhonda very much um, For giving her time On her day off in Manchester To chat to us about all things music and we wish Rhonda the very best with this tour And of course anything that she's got coming up She mentioned there that bass book and a lot of people will be very interested in buying that in the future um, I tell you what Rory You can't do wrong if you're reading from Rhonda's bass book Because um, she's got all the experience in the world
1: Yeah, I'm incredibly, incredibly great bass player um, So experienced um, I think MD would be lucky to, to read what she has to say about playing bass
0: we were watching on YouTube the Jeff Beck concert from the White House and Rhonda Smith is so on the ball to think that she's playing and about five or six feet away as the president looking on and or That must... That I mean, that's
1: just... Oh, yeah. that must be awesome. That must be quite the experience.
0: Yeah, um, Barack Obama looking at you, wishing that he was playing bass as good as you. I, I tell you what, you can't go wrong with that. Fantastic. Everyone, don't forget to check out next week's episode. We have Glenn Sobel, who's the drummer for Alice Cooper, Rory's seen him play live and we're going to get Rory back on next week to tell us about that now famous concert in Glasgow where Alice Cooper's band played on the night of Halloween. It's going to be a good one and we will see you guys next week.